0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Watch out. Hmm. Uh -uh -uh. Hello? Hi, Dave. Hello? Yeah, hey, Travis, Dave. how are
0: you? Yeah, uh, hey, actually, hey, this is Chad. Tra- yeah, my name is Chad. I, I'm the producer of the show. Um, Travis had to step okay. away. Um, he's his getting his master's degree, and something came up school-wise. Can I – do you mind if I sit in for him for a few minutes? No, that's fine. Oh, okay. Wonderful. How much time you got? Can I keep you 15 minutes? Uh Sure oh wonderful wonderful all right here we come in three two one next up we're talking timberwolves basketball on minnesota sports weekly and we thought we would check in with dave benz dave is the television voice of the minnesota timberwolves on fox sports north and dave it's been a while since we've caught up how are you sir
1: uh, I am well. I'm well. It's uh, you know been a been an up and down season, and you know that would be nice if it wasn't so filled with so many of the downs, with all the injuries and the sickness. But you know for the most part, uh, it's yeah. it's been a lot of fun watching the evolution of this team.
0: Well, and I wanted to get into that first of all. Um, it, it's a new coach, a new full time coach, uh, some new faces compared to a year ago, and I suppose it's probably natural to expect there will be a little bit of growing pains the season so far.
1: Yeah, there's no question. And I mean, I think the team, Ryan Saunders and and Gerson Rosas and everybody associated with the team, I think everybody was very realistic about that going into the season. Uh, And, you know, I actually had a conversation with Gerson Rosas about, uh, you know, three or four days ago, just to kind of touch base and, you know, kind of get a feel for how he thought things were going. And, you know he's really, despite the fact that this team has struggled to put together consistent wins, overall, he's happy with the direction where this team is going. And you know this is an or this is a front office that you know they are making no bones about the fact that they're much more concerned with where this team is in three years versus where this team is in three months. And you know that may mean, sure, could they try and bring in a veteran player who might help them win one or two more games this season? They probably could. But, you know, at what cost? That may, you know, that may stop the development of one of these young guys that is going to be a a staple on this team for years to come. And that's really where the focus on this team is right now.
0: So this is kind of a long term project, you think?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and don't get me wrong, nobody on this organization, nobody in the organization is happy with losing. Everybody wishes it would develop quickly. I mean, you take a look at one of the teams that the Timberwolves just faced, um, you know, that is definitely ahead of schedule the other night. I mean, a lot of these teams have, dealt, have developed fast with some of the rookies, and, and it's you know kind of frustrating when you see a team like Oklahoma City come in and you get a guy like uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander who goes for 20 points and 20 rebounds in part of a triple-double, <laughs> and you, you want that to happen right away for the Timberwolves. But the reality is that it does take some time, and it takes some hard work, and it takes some consistency, and Timberwolves really haven't had consistency because of all the injuries and the sickness. So that's kind of made it a, a tough road for them to hoe.
0: Well, and when you talk about injuries, you have to start with Cat's injury, I guess. What's the what's the long-term prognosis on the big cat? Do we get him back anytime soon?
1: I would suspect that he's going to be back by the end of the week. That was what Ryan Saunders said at shoot-arounds prior to the game on Monday. Um, that if it wasn't for the fact that Cat had gotten sick, that he would you know, think that he might have even been able to, uh, to play last night. So there's a lot of optimism that he's going to be back sooner rather than later.
0: What are some other injuries that uh, might be might be turning around a little bit I'm hoping.
1: Well, the Jake Laimen injury is the other one that's lingered and unfortunately he's still wearing a walking boot and you know oh. they officially have it listed as a sprained toe. Um, but, you know, that, that's I know as much as what they've listed on that. All I know is that he's still wearing a walking boot and he's missed what is it almost 25 games now. And he played well at the beginning of the year when he was out there and was looking like a real bargain signing for them. So it's unfortunate that that injury had to happen because they certainly are missing a guy who gave them valuable minutes in the rotation.
0: Well, let's go back to Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, I've been listening to sports radio last couple of weeks, uh, last couple three weeks actually, and we keep hearing how Carl Anthony Towns is not happy as a member of the Timberwolves. Is there any truth to this at all, or is this just the tabloids trying to trying to attract listeners, I guess?
1: At the end of the day, you'd have to ask Carl Anthony Towns that question. I personally have not heard anything from Carl Anthony Towns about him being unhappy. My interactions with him would lead okay. me to believe he's very happy. I think a lot of people are spinning that because of the fact that he hasn't been playing and the fact that he hasn't healed as quickly from the knee sprain as people would like. So then people want to, you know, they want to <laughs> speculate, oh, is he sitting out because he doesn't want to play? And is there any truth to this? And you've got to realize that other GMs around the league. It's in their best interest to maybe try and stir something up. And then and then maybe it does become an issue where a player starts hearing that. Well, you know, they think I'm not happy. Well, then they start thinking, well, maybe I really am not happy. So um, I personally, <laughs> my own personal opinion is I think it's all conjecture. I don't really believe that. That is not what I see. It has not been my experience. I think Carl Anthony Towns is committed to being here. Um, I think he wants to really turn this organization around and wants to be the driving force behind that. And I think once he does take the court again, but coming back from this injury, he's going to be a man on a mission and he's going to play with a vengeance.
0: Excellent. We're talking with uh, Dave Benz, the television voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I guess uh, I was kind of curious myself, Dave, how many years has it been now that you've been in Minnesota? This is my eighth year. It's flowing by. That's oh, wow. Sure. Well, no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, tell me, uh, I was curious about... Uh, a guy like Andrew Wiggins. He was playing some good basketball at the beginning of the season. Has he been able to maintain any consistency lately?
1: Uh, I think Andrew has been slowed by the fact he really got the flu bug really bad. He lost a lot of weight. I know that he was, you know, and you can see it. He, 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 he very conspicuously has lost some weight And he's not a guy really that had Uh a lot of weight to lose to begin with. So I think that that has hurt him a little bit. Um, And the fact that he has missed the time. He had had to leave the team early in the season for personal reasons, following a death in the family. And then he got sick the first time Mm -hmm. and he missed a couple of games. Then he came back and tried to get some kind of momentum and some consistency. And then he got sick again and then Kat went out. So um, I think that, I think Andrew right now gets an incomplete for the fact that he has had so many speed bumps in his way for this season. And I just kind of hope that this second half of the season that he can stay healthy and and towns can stay healthy. So we can actually kind of see what we really have. I will say there's no question in my mind that Andrew Wiggins has much more focus. He has clearly matured, both as a player and as a person. Um, And he Uh is, you know, wanting, he's really wanting to unlock that potential that, that made him the number one overall pick, I think more so than at any other time in his career. So that, that makes me very optimistic.
0: Look up and down the roster for me, Dave. Uh, I'm just casual basketball fan, not an elite basketball mind, such as yourself. Anybody on this roster this year that uh, maybe surprised you with some good play that you maybe didn't expect?
1: Um, Well, I would say Shabazz Napier at times has been a little bit better than maybe I even thought he could be. He's, he's been kind of up and down, but he had that run of games where he's scored 20 or better in four straight. He'd never done that before in his career. Um, You know, he's had some games where he's had eight, nine assists in a game um, and has really got his teammates involved. So I think Shabazz has, has really, you know, not that I didn't think he could have that kind of performance, but, Um, I I have been surprised that that he has done it as much as he has. Um, And I would say that, you know, Jarrett Culver, especially, uh, I didn't know what to expect from Jarrett coming from Texas Tech, having played two years in college and, you know, going as the number number six overall pick. And he got off to such a slow start and the shot was struggling and he just kind of looked overwhelmed at times. But these last 10 games or so, Jared has really found another gear as well. So uh, I'm really optimistic that he can continue to blossom and be a a guy that uh, a lot of other teams are going to regret that they didn't jump on in the draft.
0: Well, I'm curious, was it just a matter of adjusting to the the speed of the game compared to college basketball?
1: I think that's a big part of it. And, you know, it's not just adjusting to what's happening on the floor. I mean, clearly that's the biggest thing, but I think it's also adjusting to being a professional. And, you know, it's a a different situation than being in school and having to worry about classes. And now you're in the NBA where it's a full time job and uh, you've got to you've got to figure out a different rhythm to your to your entire life than what you had in college. So Uh I think that's a big part of it. So I think that Jared has started to really figure out how to navigate those waters. And and that has really helped with the entire picture.
0: You mentioned last 10 games he's been playing well when this kid is on, what are some strengths that he adds to the Timberwolves this year?
1: Well, his defense has been really outstanding. He's he's got a great sense of where to be, when to try and and, and jump and steal a pass. Uh, He's got great active hands. He's got great length. Uh, which go along with the uh-huh. active hands, so he can really get his hands on some ball, uh, some balls and cause some deflections. So I think defensively, just he's, he's really gifted. And the other thing is he really studies. I mean, when he's not on the floor at practice or in a game, you'll always see him sitting with one of the assistant coaches. The laptop is open, and he's studying video. Um, So he Uh really is trying to to soak in everything that he can. I think that that's also really helped with his development, too, because when he first came to the league, he didn't really have a big foundation on that. And now we're seeing the fruits of that 40 games in that he really has started to understand, hey, here's some tendencies. Here's maybe where I can exploit some things. And then that combination, along with the growing confidence and along with the natural athleticism, is starting to really blossom for him.
0: I was curious about a guy like Ryan Saunders who of course was interim coach last year. He's the permanent uh, guy this year. It's been kind of up and down the first year. Is he is he making the adjustment to head coach? Was there was it a big adjustment going from interim to permanent? Uh, what's his year been like as coach so far?
1: Well, I mean, I think Ryan, in my mind, has – I think he's done a fantastic job. Given all the injuries, given the the youth of the team, given the fact that it's his first real year as a head coach, uh, I I think he's done Mm -hmm. a great job. These guys play hard for him, and there's – very rarely have you gone out and questioned the effort of this team and the focus of this team and the cohesion of this team. I think that speaks volumes to Ryan – Ryan, I don't think that he's overmatched. I mean, sure, when he's coaching against an Eric Spolster or Greg Popovich, you're probably going to give the the check on the on the checklist to in the advantage column for coaching to to the veteran. But I wouldn't say it's by right. the wide margin that everybody would expect. I mean, Ryan has been around the game literally since he was born. Um, so I, yeah. I've been impressed with the way he has handled things. And I think that, you know, Ryan – I know that the organization is, is committed to Ryan – and seeing this team grow around Ryan. So I'm excited about Mm -hmm. the future for Ryan. You know, even if this team doesn't really quite make a run this year, I think going forward, the team's going to be in good hands.
0: Tell me about Ryan Saunders' coaching style on the sidelines, and we won't even go into the comparison with the former head coach because obviously that's (laughs) as different as night and day. What's it like like on the sidelines? Describe his coaching style for me.
1: Uh, I would say that he is intense, but he's intense in a different way from the, the coach you were just uh, referring to, Tom Thibodeau. I mean, Ryan, is, <laughs> he's focused in, he's laser sharp, he's, you know, he stands right in front of Jim and I a lot of times from our broadcast location, so we really get to see it up close and personal. I mean, he literally wears his emotions mm-hmm. on his sleeve with every... Possession if if somebody If somebody r- runs A play the wrong way the average fan Might not even notice it and it's Still might get a bucket but he Will have a, a visible Reaction to it you know, not to The antics to the type that that Tom had but you if you just yeah. Watch his expression he'll he'll Have a reaction to it so he's locked In on everything and he has The respect of his players there's no question About that but at the same time you know, I think a lot of people have this, have this belief that, oh, Ryan is a players coach and, you know, he's just their friend and is that, a, is that a problem? Yeah, Ryan is friendly with the players and he does have good relationships with the players, but there's no question I see Ryan in the practices and in the shooter rounds. And he is very authoritative, very decisive, and the players uh, mm-hmm. are very responsive to what he does. So I don't think you have to rule necessarily with an iron fist to be able to get the most out of the players in today's NBA. And I think Ryan has a good handle on that.
0: Boy, can't argue with that. A couple more for Dave Ben's uh, television voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves. 15 and 24 on the season as we sit here and talk, Uh, what's it going to take to get this uh, ship rolling in the direction we want it to go? Is it basically just a matter of getting everybody healthy?
1: That's obviously the big part. I think the other part is, you know, just continuing Uh to stick with the system, to stick with what they're trying to do and gerson rosas has said it this team is is incomplete they need to kind of retool a little bit and whether that's through a trade or through free agency i know that gerson is continually in conversations with ryan and they're trying to figure out what pieces they could bring in that would be able to make this team click a little bit better um and at the at the same time you've got to continue to play with the guys that you've got but um i think the players are getting more comfortable in the system and we talked about andrew earlier i mean the one thing about andrew wiggins that is definitely different from years past is he has eliminated for the most part taking those mid-range jumpers he has attacked and gotten Mm -hmm. into the paint or he's been shooting threes that's exactly what this team wants it's exactly what the modern nba calls for and so uh, you know it's there's going to be growing pains as we've seen associated with that but uh, the team is dedicated to sticking to the process, and uh, I don't think it's going to be that far uh, down the road that this is going to start reaping some some dividends for them to stick with that approach.
0: Last one for you, sir, and then we'll let you get out of here. Um, I was kind of curious about looking outside of the Timberwolves and the Western Conference. Uh, is the Western Conference, and again, I'm a casual fan, so forgive me. Um, is the Western Conference as tough as it's been in the last several years?
1: I would say that the Western conference is definitely much more open than it was the last couple of years. I don't think anybody, the last five years, there was no question that the golden state warriors were the heavy favorite. It would have been a shock had the warriors not been able to make it to the finals. They were so loaded. And of course they did go to five straight finals. So, you know, the warriors were, uh, they were, they were ruined the roost. And I think, the Warriors are probably going to be back to being in title contention again next year when they get everybody healthy and get a high draft pick. And they've got a little bit of money to be able to bring in a free agent because of the trade exception with Andre uh, Iguodala leaving. So that's Uh a team that is probably going to be back. But this year, uh, if the Lakers stay healthy, I, I, I'm a little bit disappointed with the Clippers. They haven't played to the extent that I thought they would. If the Lakers stay healthy, they're the favorites. Yeah. They're not They're not favorites to the extent that the Warriors were the last couple of years. I don't think you can discount the Nuggets. I think the Clippers will eventually get it together, or you can't discount them. Utah has gone something like 13-1 and one their last 14 games. I, they're loaded for bear. Um, so I think the top four or five teams in the West are probably – I'd say you, if you take the Warriors out of the equation, the last couple of years, um, the you know the next teams two through five, this year's one through five are probably just as solid as those were. But the bottom of the West, the eight seed this year is probably going to be 500 at best, which we haven't seen that in a long time. So that's the biggest no. difference is that there's not as many quality teams in the West as there were the last couple of years.
0: It'll be an interesting uh, race to the end of the regular season, won't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. No question. And and, and the Timberwolves are, uh, despite the fact that they've been, you know, kind of scuffling, I, I think they're going to be mm-hmm. right there within a couple of games of the final playoff spot, you know, hopefully going into April. Uh, so it's going it's to certainly make things interesting.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Listen, uh, I got to get you out of here. I promised you 15 minutes and we'll keep to that. Um, thank you so much for the time, Dave, and I uh, hope we can do this again sometime soon.
1: All right, no problem. I appreciate you thinking of me. And as always, it's a pleasure coming on with you.
0: All right. Thanks, Dave. Take care, bud. That's uh, Dave Benz, radio. uh, That's Dave Benz, television voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves on Minnesota Sports Weekly.